0: Good to have everybody with us thanks so much everyone thanks for the uh patience with the delay good afternoon everyone and welcome to the annual ceo of the year awards presented by business in vancouver i'm Kirk Lapointe publisher and editor-in-chief business in vancouver is the leading source of business information in british columbia we have a breaking news website a bib.com a daily newsletters a weekly newspaper a suite of nearly two dozen magazines and in any other year about 30 in-person events. This year, of course, we're staging this event virtually, cognizant of our health restrictions and the pandemic, but we expect that over the next hour or so, you're going to get to know six great leaders in our province, get to meet our sponsors, and we'll hear uh, hear from everybody. Um, Of course, our accomplished business leaders have navigated their organizations through, inarguably, the most significant challenges of their time. As we start, we want to acknowledge, of course, that we are on the ancestral unceded territory of the Coast Salish people, the Musqueam and the Indian Band, Squamish and Tsleil-Waututh Nations, and we're grateful to be hosted. Our event today is made possible with the help of our sponsors, the Faskin Law Firm and the Deloitte Professional Services Firm. Both have been staunch, proud supporters across a range of our events for a number of years, and in demonstrating our shared commitment to the recognition of excellence in business leadership in British Columbia. Faskin is the largest law firm in BC. It's always a privilege to enjoy the endorsement of our work and Deloitte is one of the world's leading professional services firms and its pedigree is also indicative of the caliber of recognition our honorees receive. We're very grateful in these very difficult circumstances to maintain their steady support. Their representatives today are going to present the awards to our six recipients, who, in alphabetical order, are Milton Carrasco, president and CEO of Transsoft Solutions Inc. in the small company category; Roger Delantonia, who is the president and CEO of Fortis BC in the enterprise company category; Anne English, the CEO and Registrar Engineers and Geoscientists BC in the publicly accountable category; Darlene Hyde. CEO of the British Columbia Real Estate Association in the not-for-profit category, Sharzad Rafati, Founder and CEO of Broadband TV Corp in the large company category, and Kathy Thorpe, the President and CEO of Nurse Next Door with the special award of distinction this year. We're going to hear from these winners today on their awards and talk for a few minutes to each on the challenges of leadership in this period of immense uncertainty. So let's get started with our program. Um, our first award is in the category of small company. And to introduce Milton Carrasco in a moment, I'm gonna turn to Will Westering, who is the managing partner of Faskin's BC region. Now Faskin is British Columbia's largest law firm with more than 140 lawyers in Vancouver and Surrey, providing a range of business law and litigation services. It's a full service firm with offices in Canada, the UK, South Africa, and China. Tracing its roots back to the uh, mid-1800s in British Columbia, the firm was founded through the merger of three regional Canadian firms in 2000. Today, Fasken has 10 offices and more than 750 lawyers across Canada and internationally. Faskin was recognized in 2019 as one of BC's best employers and in 2020 as a legal advisor for British Columbia's Deal of the Year Award by ACG, the fourth year in a row for such honours. Fasken has been a proud sponsor of the BIV CEO Awards for six years. So please welcome to the broadcast today, Will Restring. Will, good to see you.
1: It's good to see you, and thank you very much, Kirk. Three decades ago, Milton Carrasco established TranSoft Solutions, Inc., and since then, he has built the company and products that have become the de facto standard of transportation agencies throughout the world. Through Milton's leadership, TranSoft has developed and supported innovative and time-saving software and services for engineers, architects, and drafters for their civil and infrastructure design and planning needs. Transoft's objective is to provide transportation professionals with productivity-enhancing tools they can trust, giving them the confidence to plan, design, build, operate, and maintain safe and efficient roads, ports, airports, and rail systems. With headquarters in Richmond and offices in the Netherlands and Australia, TranSoft, under Milton's founding leadership, has been emblematic of British Columbia's best qualities of bringing Canadian know-how to the world. Milton has a Bachelor of Science in Civil Engineering from the University of Southampton and a Master's in Engineering from the University of Calgary. He recently shifted from CEO and President to focus on being CEO and the company continues to bear with its unmistakable commitment to excellence, striving for collaboration and commitment. Congratulations to our winner in the small company category, Milton Carrasco of Transoft Solutions. Inc.
2: Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you, Will. Um, I'm honored to be the recipient of this prestigious award for the small business category. I'd like to begin by thanking BIV and its sponsors, Faskin and Deloitte, for this honor. Uh, Kirk, I'm sure this past year has been a challenging one uh, for you and your team as well. My sincere thanks for hosting this event. Upon hearing of my award, a friend of mine said to me in jest, couldn't you pick a different year to be CEO of the year? (laughs) And alluding to the grief that the pandemic was causing. I laughed at the remark at the time But upon reflection, it seemed like a perfect year to receive this honor. The world was rocked by the pandemic. TranSoft, however, was fortunate to have withstood this economic tsunami that was to follow. I'm proud to report that we ended the year in the black while maintaining revenues at 2019 levels. In 2020, TranSoft also received two other prestigious awards the Richmond Chamber of Commerce 2020 uh, Business Excellence Award in the category of Innovative Enterprise and the Institute of Transportation Engineers 2020 Transportation Achievement Award for Planning. All these honors have come at a very special time in our corporate journey. Transoft celebrates its 30th anniversary this year. Winning the CEO of the year, a small business category is personally humbling and gratifying, but it could not have happened without the incredible staff and our management team at TranSoft. Transsoft is a socially responsible company that develops software for transportation professionals. I believe it is our caring and engaging corporate culture that is most responsible for our ongoing success. Our hardworking and team-spirited staff develop highly innovative and user-friendly software and provide best-in-class customer service. With 12 offices around the world, our software is used by pretty much every transportation entity that is involved in the planning, design, and operations of transportation infrastructure. Today, we have over 50,000 users in 150 countries worldwide. We are extremely proud to have Canadian roots. And as we turn 30 this year, we look forward to the continued strong growth long into the future. In closing, I would like to thank our staff and our management team for their awesome support and drive to be the best. This award is for you. I would also like to thank the many business associates and mentors, advisors who have helped me and in turn the company in our journey. And finally, of course, my wife, Val, my daughters, Erica, Marissa, and Chelsea. You've been my fervent supporters and cheerleaders for all of these many years. I cannot thank you enough for your patience and support throughout my career. Thank you.
0: Milton, thanks very much. And uh, if people don't realize, I mean, Milton is is like the, has been the three decade guy that's built this uh, into it. Um, I didn't have any gray hair before last year. Did you did, did you accumulate yours in 2020 as well or would it, what happened there?
2: No, no, no. Mine started when I turned 50.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well you know we we've all talked about so many times about the challenges and when we did the podcast together we all talked about the challenges of all that but you know is there what was the the greatest reward about managing through the pandemic Milton
2: uh it has to come back down to our people I I it's 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 I feel I get emotional because I truly believe that you know we are a company that's Built around our people. Um, we care for them. Uh, we, we, we want them to ex, ex, excel in life. Um, so everything that we've done has been because of our, our people. You know, uh, when, uh, as soon as the pandemic hit, uh, we immediately broke out into groups and started. Uh, keeping in touch with each other through those team meetings and ensuring that everybody was, uh, you know, uh, their well-being was was being looked after, but as well as maintaining this, the core of our company, which was our customers' support. You know, our customers continued to, to purchase software and to require this, the service that we needed to provide
0: so you've pulled back a little bit from the operation right you 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 have a you have a slightly different role now um first of all how difficult is it to get a successor right and it was your vision and secondly um how difficult is it for you to pull back
2: well that Took ten years to to happen, Kirk. Uh, clearly, um, the picking of a successor in a company that has no intentions of being sold to others um, is a long, long-term uh, proposition. Um, and through it all, you know, the key was finding the right person to, to sit in the right in the driver's seat, and this was truly to be the driver's seat, and. Really, my role now is to mentor him, uh, mentor Daniel, who's uh, our president, uh, to to continuing that journey for the next uh, decades. I, uh,
0: I think everybody will always wonder what someone does with a kind of a semi-retirement even do you have a new hobby? Are you, are you caught up on Netflix? What's, what what are you doing? No,
2: no, no, no. I, I am uh, more into the music, a little bit into the music. Uh, I, you know, I could share some of my playing, but I won't do it because it's uh, it's not up to par, (laughs) but uh, no, I I think, I think uh, really I'm, I'm here to help out in areas we couldn't um, couldn't really do in in the past. Uh, our, our, uh, you know, formalize our um, charitable uh, program, uh, but also help in other ways to to network and build our network into the, into the future.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations again, not only on uh, this honor, of course, but in building a company over three decades. It's it's quite a legacy you've got here.
2: Well, I thank thank you, Kirk. And as as you know, uh, we've got our um, our TranSoft storybook that's scheduled to
0: come out. So in the next month. And thank you for that. Congratulations again. Um, Milton Carrasco of TranSoft Solutions. Now, um, live Zoom events would uh, not be live Zoom events if there were not a hiccup or two along the way. So we are still awaiting uh, contacting Sharzad uh, Rafati, our next recipient. So I'm going to skip past Marin Wallace for a moment and I'm going to go back to Will Westering to introduce uh, our next award, which is in the category of the not-for-profit organizations. And uh, so to introduce Darlene Hyde of the BC Real Estate Association, let's welcome back to our Zoom cast, Will Westering of FASKIN. Thank you once
1: again, Kurt. Um, Darlene Hyde is one of British Columbia's most experienced executives across a number of sectors, including financial services, insurance, telecommunications, energy and housing. The recognition today is owing to a leadership of the BC Real Estate Association, which she assume in 2018, but her resume is extensive as a senior executive for such organisations as the Commercial Real Estate Development Association of Metro Vancouver the new, corpor- uh, new Car Dealers Association of British Columbia, and ICDC. She currently the the Insurance Council of East Columbia. The judges noted her leadership of the association during the extraordinary challenges of the pandemic, as real estate firms dealt with concerns about personal safety in presenting properties to prospective buyers in D.C. Led in many ways to developing safe, sound practices and the sector thrived in the field that could have been She has spent three decades in such leadership in lending her immense talent to the development of the organization. was recognized in 2020 as one of the country's top organizations. Darlene earned an honors BA in English from McGill, an MBA from Memorial University, and has since pursued education from Simon Fraser University, the CAE program and the Rotman School of Management at the University of Toronto. It's a real pleasure for me to present uh, Darlene High, three-year-old category, but not the drop
3: First
4: of all, thank you to Business in Vancouver. Thank you, Kirk. Thank you, Faskins and Deloitte. This is indeed quite an honor. Uh, like anything, this takes the village. And I want to tell you about some of the people in my village that helped make this happen. Uh, First of all, I have an unparalleled team of senior leaders and managers around me, including Brindis Ogmanson, our governance and office manager, and the entire BCREA staff, who to a person during COVID came shining through. In fact, BCREA has made it to one of the top 50 employers in Canada, as measured by the Great Place to Work organization. And I'm so proud of this BCREA team. It is one of the finest groups of people I have ever been associated with. They are smart, hardworking, forward-thinking, supremely dedicated, and have a great sense of humor and play a mean game of trivia on Zoom to boot. Uh, similarly, every member of the BCREA Board of Directors has been so supportive of the path that we have taken since 2018. I appreciate their counsel guidance and insight immensely. And a special shout out to my first chair, Jim Stewart, and to Deanna Horn who led the sixth member recruiting team that hired me back in 2017. Now, I've always believed that we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. So I want to thank my predecessor, Robert Lang. Robert hired some excellent people. I promoted many of them and then recruited new players to create the team that we now have. They say you become well, whoever you surround yourself with, so pick your associates wisely. I believe I have some pretty fine associates. The real estate world is a wonderful one, full of energy, dynamism, deals, and economic growth, even in these days of COVID. I want to thank my many colleagues from the real estate sector in British Columbia and across Canada, many of whom supported my nomination, including Phil Moore, Anthony Bastianston, Michael Bork, George Greenwood, Trevor Coote, Sandy Jo Ayers, and many, many more, including our regulators, uh, Michael Nosworthy and Aaron Sealy. Going back past, a decade, I have to thank Maury Dubuque as well, Senior Managing Director of Colliers International, who hired me as Executive Director of the Commercial Real Estate Development Association of Metro Vancouver, also known as Naot Vancouver. That role positioned me very well for my current role here at BCREA. I want to thank the folks at the Insurance Council of BC, which I have the privilege of sharing, and to the very talented folks at Stabilization Central Credit Union, where I serve on their board, and a special thank you to Greg D'Avignon and his team at the BC Business Council's Business Caucus. I've had the good fortune of being a member for several years. I draw inspiration from all of these people. Now, I believe everyone should ideally have at least one role model, and I was lucky to find a key role model at Westminster Savings, where I served for 12 years on their board. Several of those years working with Gavin Toy, president and CEO, Gavin impressed me with his ability to lead a world-class team, his vision and his navigation of complex and ambiguous situations. He combines a progressive big picture worldview. He provided me the template for the kind of CEO I aspired to be. And I wanna thank him for the role he unknowingly played in my career development. However, the central figure in my career success has been my dear husband, my life partner of several decades, Richard Hyde, who has followed me literally from coast to coast as my career evolved from St. John's, Newfoundland to Vancouver with a six year stop in Calgary along the way. We've also traveled the world together from Italy to Iceland to Ireland and countless other points on several continents. He's always been my cheerleader in chief and has taken the view that my career was as important as his own. Our two children, Alexander and Natalie and our granddaughter, Kira have kept me in touch with how generations Y and Z view the world. My support system also includes my sister and only sibling Elaine Britton in my prairie hometown of Regina, a wide network of close friends, colleagues and extended family right across Canada and United States and a a, a number of local ladies who are always up for a laugh or a lunch or a round of golf or a glass of Tino. You ladies know who you are. So I'm so thankful for the people in my village In closing, the last 12 months have been difficult and uncertain. Despite these challenges, I am so grateful to see all of us here today taking the time to appreciate the people in our midst who make a difference in our workplaces and our community. My sincere congratulations to all the CEOs recognized on this virtual stage today, and my thanks again to Business in Vancouver for making this happen. Thank you.
0: Darlene, congratulations! Um, good to see you. And and uh, you know, people should know you you have your hands on a lot of different things in this in this province. You've you've really served in a lot of capacities as an executive. What, what did what did BC REA really um, challenge you uh, in your career to? Uh, whether it's an adaptation or a new skill set or a new muscle group that you had to develop there.
4: Well, I think uh, basically it taught me the lesson that if you hired well, then let the people do the work. Get out of the way because good people will shine through and uh, get the job done. Uh, I think Lexi said, uh, "Be the leader that's invisible." So with that at the end, people will think they did it themselves, and they do. So that, that's the that's the kind of leadership I've tried to. To uh, employ, but certainly this COVID situation showed us in spades that good people shine through. And uh, to a person at BCREA, the uh, the team shone through.
0: Uh, people do credit their teams so much, but I I wonder what it is that you feel at, at a at a stage where you've had again so much experience. Um, what it is you learned about yourself.
4: You know, I guess I learned that I have uh, some wisdom to offer and uh, could offer it at important junctures in the process uh, that uh, our folks could take things uh, a long way. And then uh, basically uh, I could offer some assistance at certain important points in in, in the process. So I, I've learned I've got uh, some some wisdom to offer.
0: I bet you do. The uh... The, what you've got now is, uh, you know, you've got a, a new role now. Um, again, you're, you've kind of, uh, you're, you're, you're changing over um, as as did Milton in in this case here. Um, how, how do you how do you change roles in the middle of a pandemic? I mean, it must be really different than arriving in a big, thick office of people.
4: Well, we were assisted by an incredible digital backbone. We were able to switch to virtual almost overnight, and we mm-hmm. were able to get our cadence and our tempo within a few days. Uh, and we realized that uh, we had the relationship, the pre existing relationship that enabled us to go digital and virtual. And uh, it, it didn't, I don't think we missed a beat actually uh, in, that, in that transition and uh, it, Actually, I look back at COVID and I think it was in some ways to quote uh, Charles Dickens, the best of times and the worst of times, because while it did bring a lot of uh, challenges and and negativity, there's no question, it gave some time for many of us to think through what was really important. And uh, we we at BCREA, we believe we've done that.
0: Did you like the job at the end of 2020 more than you... Liked it at the beginning of 2020.
4: I like it even more. Yes.
0: Mm, that's great. Good to see you. Th- yeah. And thanks. Congratulations again, Darlene. Darlene yeah. Hyde, of the BC Real Estate Association. Uh, now we're going to again uh, keep our our order. Go back to I guess what we were going to do originally uh, in introducing. Um, Marin Wallace, who is the client services leader at Deloitte, for uh, to, to introduce our next uh, award winner, Anne English. So Deloitte is one of the world's leading accountancies. Uh, it provides audit and assurance, consulting, financial advisory, risk advisory, tax, and related services to public and private clients that span multiple industries. Deloitte serves four out of five Fortune Global 500 companies through a globally connected network of member firms in more than 150 countries and territories. It brings world-class capabilities, insights, and service to address clients' most complex business challenges. Marin Wallace is the client services leader for Deloitte here, and she welcomes uh, to, the, uh, to the show uh, Ann English, the CEO and Chief Registrar of Engineers and Geoscientists, BC.
3: Thank you, Kirk. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here today. For good reasons, engineering and geoscience are regulated professions. Under the Engineers and Geoscientists VC, there is responsibility for protecting the public interest by setting and maintaining high academic experience and professional practice standards for over 38,000 registrants. Public safety, good governance, and responsible stewardship are all part of its objectives. And Anne English has been its leader through some of the most challenging times in its existence. Anne has been with the organization since 2012, bringing her skills in organizational development, risk management, and effective governance to position engineers and geoscientists BC as a strong, modern, and agile regulator focused on public protection. She has led the organization through major changes to its oversight and legislation. Under her guidance, it has enhanced its governance framework, advanced equity, diversity and inclusion initiatives for the professionals and the organization. Beyond that, it has introduced regulatory tools and programs that have set the benchmark for professional regulation in engineering and geoscience across the country. Anne is a graduate of the University of Manitoba with a degree in mechanical engineering and a degree in physiology from the University of Toronto. It is my pleasure to congratulate Anne English as this year's CEO of the Year in the category of publicly accountable organizations. Thank you very much, uh, Maren,
5: for those very kind words. And thank you also to Fasten and Deloitte for your generous sponsorship of this event. And uh, lastly, thank you very much to Business in Vancouver for hosting such an excellent event and, and sponsoring leadership throughout all of Vancouver. Our whole province is better off for it. I'm really, really pleased to be here today and to have this um, wonderful uh, award that has been sent to me. Uh, And I wanna start uh, by saying it's an honor to be alongside uh, these other inspiring CEOs. For me, it's particularly meaningful to be recognized this year when so many leaders have stepped up and made a difference for their teams and for our communities. So thank you so much for this honor. I also wanna thank you because I'm an engineer as was mentioned and so this award helps shine a spotlight on women in engineering. This past year has been a year to truly elevate the issues of all those who are underrepresented and who aspire to equality and fairness. Currently, only about 16% of engineers across Canada are women and that's something that must change. Engineering and geoscience make a difference in every aspect of our lives. From the time you get up in the morning and flick a switch to get light or go to your top and expect to get water or get on a highway and drive a car and get safely to wherever you are going, you are dependent on engineering and technology to make your life safer and more comfortable. The world would be a better place if the perspectives of all genders were brought to bear on our lives. This past year has really given me, and I'm sure a lot of us, new perspective on what it means to be a leader. It's required a lot from us and a lot from our teams. And they have all, from the sounds of everyone else, stepped up as mine has, who have been absolutely amazing to work with. And it's really solidified something for me that I've always believed and that I really saw reinforced during this pandemic. In order for us to succeed as leaders, in order for organizations to excel, We need to invest in our people. We need to support them in a deep and meaningful way so that they can be at their best because when they're at their best, the results just follow. And so during this time, it has been even more important to be listening to our staff, to be sensitive to their needs, to be flexible and innovative in solving workplace challenges, and to recognize and celebrate successes more often than ever before. And if you can have fun doing all that, that's even way better. I really believe that laughter is a critical part of a motivated workplace culture, and we sure have needed a lot of it this past year. I recently announced that I'll be retiring this summer, and it was an extremely difficult decision for me because I truly love what I do, and it has been a pleasure and a privilege to have led Engineers and Geoscientists BC for over eight years. We have had a lot to be proud of. We have navigated major changes in the organization's oversight and legislation, enhanced its governance framework, advanced equity, diversity, and inclusion initiatives for the professions and the organization, and introduced new regulatory tools and programs that have set the benchmark for professional regulation in engineering and geoscience, not just in BC, but across the country. So I'd like to wrap up by thanking my parents who supported me to become an engineer when it was considered a really bizarre thing to do. And lastly, I would like to thank my husband who has been incredibly supportive of my whole career and my ambitions and all of the extra hours and travel that it has often entailed. His support has allowed me to do something I truly love. Thank you all so much.
0: And congratulations, Um, I think Did my daughter, the biomedical engineer, write your speech for you? Uh,
5: (laughs) I don't think so, but I'm glad to hear that your daughter's an engineer.
0: (laughs) Well, I I miss her a lot. She's in the Netherlands. And of course, uh, here we are all landlocked uh, on FaceTime and Zoom. Um, Look, that's that's an important legacy, right? Uh, You you must feel like that's that's been for you. um, One of the important things you'll leave behind with this with this association the encouragement of gender equity in the positions?
5: Absolutely. I really do um, passionately believe that we can really make a difference. We already make a difference, but we can make a more meaningful difference in people's lives if there is representation from more than just the 84% men that are currently engineers, but also much broader representation amongst uh, engineers and and women engineers and uh, all those that declare themselves uh,
0: to be an engineer in this country. So, so was the work of of uh, engineers and geoscientists BC able to continue without a, a great deal of disruption when the pandemic took place? How, were you already rather set up with a you know with with using technology?
5: So further to what Darlene was saying, uh, you know, we were very fortunate that over the last uh, specifically five years or so, we've spent a lot of time improving our IT services and uh, and uh, internal uh, processes and policies, et cetera, that support all of that. And so we were really able to move seamlessly from all being in our physical location one day to working at home the next without really very many hiccups at all. So a big uh, thank you goes out to all those in RIT group and to the people that made the decisions beforehand to put investments in that area. It really has helped us. It helped with all of our uh, registrants too. We have almost 40,000 registrants in the province, and we were able to continue to service them uh, during the pandemic as well.
0: Now, in your own decision, your own personal decision that you're, you know, you're going to uh, retire from the position, um, in the lead up to that, do you, uh, do you want to get a couple of things done before you you know for uh, they take away the keys from you what you what's your what's your plan here
5: well uh, to be totally transparent I had to advise my board uh, almost a year ago of my intention to to uh, retire this coming summer and so it hasn't just happened but um, yeah. it's become more official lately uh, and certainly I did have some some um, goals on my horizon. And one of them was to bring in um, a parental leave program. Uh, for all of uh, our staff, we didn't have one prior to that, and we now have a really excellent uh, parental leave program uh, for both the mothers and fathers uh, in our, in our, amongst our staff. And uh, we are also sharing that and encouraging all of our registrants and engineering companies in BC to uh, consider it as well, uh, so that they support young people. Uh, it's a you know it's an expensive area to live. We we all know that BC is beautiful, but it's expensive, and it's especially hard on young families when they have to take time off for um, maternal and paternity benefits. And so that's one thing that was extremely important to me. And I'm very glad to say that our board was fully supportive of that. And we brought in a great program. That was one thing. Another one was uh, that was a goal of ours was to be named as one of BC top employers. And we were just named just to, two weeks ago as one of BC's top employers. And so oh, I'm really happy about that as well. So
4: yeah. And that, that that's great really
0: experience. great that's a lovely accomplishment a good good capstone to the to the way the the career has gone well listen and congratulations again uh, it, it's really it is uh, truly a, a pleasure to get representation uh you know in, in in the engineering field and of course uh to advocate more women in this in this profession thank you we we'll, you know it'll get changed as time goes on so. <laughs> thank you thanks um, our next award today, and we're going to go back to, uh, to Will out uh, uh, with Faskin, our fifth award, to, our, pardon me, our fourth award today is bestowed on Roger Del Antonio, who is the CEO of Fortis BC in the enterprise company category. Rejoining us now is William Westering.
1: Thank you again, Kurt. Uh, Roger has been an executive for more than two decades and has been the CEO and president of Fortis BC since late uh, 2017. He has led Fortis BC as an integral, indispensable utility in this province during an important period of changing technology and practices on energy and consumer and civic demand for the emergence of renewable energy form. Fortis BC has championed the intelligent use of energy and its conservation in our households and businesses as the British Columbian way. For his innovative organization, or, sorry, under his leadership, the company has distinguished itself as full innovative organization and has educated the public best practices. Fortis BC delivers more than one fifth of the energy consumed by British Columbians, as the largest supplier of natural gas in LNG, and as a significant hydroelectric provider. Its renewable energy program is seen as a model for consumer choice. It is a leader in bio- biomass. Geo Exchange, and in district energy. Roger has led the company into a new era that will see Fortis BC continue to lead the province, which in turn will lead the country to the most efficient and environmentally sound formed energy for our industries. and all. Roger graduated with a Bachelor of Business Administration from Simon Fraser University, and an MBA finance from Ivy School of Business, Western University. I'd like to welcome Roger now, receive the CEO of the board. Ian Price.
6: Uh, Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you, uh, Will, for those kind words. And thank you very much, Kirk and Business in Vancouver for the recognition. Uh, I'd also like to offer my thanks to the two key sponsors, Faskins and Deloitte, who support this event. As this event is a great opportunity to acknowledge the excellence of the business community in BC. I'd also like to extend congratulations to each of the award recipients. For their outstanding achievements and their clear leadership at the head of their organizations. This is a proud moment for our organization, and it's with gratitude that I receive this award on behalf of our entire Fortis BC family. From our 2,500 employees, to our management team, to our board of directors, this award is a testament to the collective excellence and commitment of our people to serving our province's energy needs. To steal the old saying, I am fortunate to stand on the shoulders of giants. As the largest energy distributor in BC, I see this award as recognition of our strategic vision to transform the future of energy here in British Columbia. And that vision is rooted in a focus on safety, reliability, sustainability, social responsibility, and innovation. Our folks live in the communities they serve. It's not often that your customers are your neighbors and the businesses that you visit. This connection to our communities is something that gives all of us at Fortis BC. A deep sense of purpose and responsibility. We know the importance of helping the communities that we serve to th- that we serve to thrive, to continue earning our reputation as a trusted energy provider. This award underlines that deep sense of purpose. I also like to say thank you to my family, Adrian, Alia, Liana, and Noah, and my parents, Anna and Giuseppe. The role I'm fortunate to have can be challenging at times, and much of my success comes from the support. Of my family, who I am so thankful for. So, in closing, I'd like again to congratulate all award winners, as well as thank uh, Business of Vancouver for this recognition. Thank you,
0: Roger. Congratulations. Uh, hey, that that stuff that happened in Texas can't happen up here, can it? Like,
6: uh, no. I I think our 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 system as an integrated energy system is uh, designed for for winter. Uh, <laughs> we are north. We are. We are we are a winter uh, a winter uh, uh, climate uh, so uh, we're prepared. Our premier wouldn't leave the province anyway and go to
0: Cancun. I don't think so. That's fine. I Agree with you there. We'll leave it at that. It's enough naughty jokes. Uh, I, I want to find out though. I mean, it is such an organization uh, that probably was was also having to deal with a lot of people that um, we were, we're quite concerned about their own finances, right? That, uh, that you know weren't sure they were going to be able to easily pay bills and uh, and deal with that and a lot of businesses that were also right away looking at their cash flow last march and wondering if the bottom was dropping out of their businesses and all of that um did you spend a lot of time ministering to to those types of issues uh in the early going to to you know obviously to not just stabilize your own business but to reassure people that you know you weren't weren't going to abandon them
6: yeah, we, we uh, at the start of the pandemic, like everybody, no one knew what was coming. Everyone was caught off guard, how quickly things escalated. Uh, I remember, uh, I think it was March 11th, sending out a directive that, uh, as an organization, we were going to uh, stop any non-essential travel, have folks stay in the communities they work. Uh, four days, five days later, we're working from home. Uh, we're we're, we're uh, completely overhauling our safety protocols as an essential a service provider, a critical service provider. Um, we continue to work throughout the pandemic. So our focus immediately was on the safety of our folks and the safety of our communities that we serve. So the big push for us was how do we address our protocols to ensure that we can con- to continue to deliver what is a critical need. As part of that, it was how do we take care of our customers? Um, We came out immediately with a moratorium on any kind of disconnection for financial uh, distress. Uh, We uh, quickly put in place a, a program to help customers defer the bills and make payment arrangements over time. And uh, we've been very focused on making sure that we can help our customers through what has been a very trying 2020. And we're, and we're starting to see hopefully, uh, you know, light at the end of the tunnel here and we'll be able to continue to support our customers through this through this period.
0: In terms of what it does
6: though, to your overall, um, your,
0: your own capital plans, your own uh, ideas about expansion and new programming and all of that, did you have to, Put a bit of that into the deep freeze for a time while you were sorting through really what we were dealing with here? Uh,
6: uh, no, actually, uh, you know, when, we, when when the pandemic hit, um, the, the question was what's essential, right? and not knowing how long this uh, pandemic would last, our executive team took a decision very early that we wouldn't try to distinguish what's essential and what's not. We'd do everything that we could do as a business as long as we could do it safely. So our focus was primarily on safety. Part of safety is maintaining a very robust, reliable energy delivery system, both the electric and natural gas side of the business. So we we uh, took the step early to make sure that we could continue our capital plans because those capital plans are integral to the integrity, reliability, and safety of our systems to deliver the energy that we need. Yeah, do, do, you, um, do you feel you've learned a lot about yourself in this time? Uh, yeah, I, I would say that uh, uh, you know, at any, any situation like this, you learn a lot about your organization, you learn a lot about yourself. Uh, I would think from uh, you know, the things I think about is just how much you rely uh, on the support of family and colleagues. Uh, uh, everybody goes through challenging times um, and challenging times are demanding on everyone in different ways. And what was unique about this pandemic? What is continuing to be unique is that how everybody is affected, either directly or indirectly, and just how deep, uh, uh, how, how deep the need is for that that connection uh, with your colleagues, with your family, to get through these times. And 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 uh, uh, as part of that, the thing I've learned as well is is the true meaning and value of empathy and patience. Uh, you show up at work, and you focus on work, and you talk to your colleagues about work, and you know everyone's got their life outside of work, but you don't always see that. With the pandemic, we've been shown um, a, a, a view into what everyone's dealing with uh, because work at home, home uh, becoming your workplace, uh, so you really had to develop a sense of of empathy because everybody's going through it differently but everybody was coming together to support each other and doing the work that we need to do. So for me, it was my own uh, 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 need for support uh, from my colleagues and family, but also uh, how, how important empathy can be to help others through this as well. And uh, what's the self-care that
0: you've had to employ here?
6: Uh, for me, it was uh, cycling. Uh, my wife and I are avid look
0: pretty fit. And, uh, you don't look like you've
6: put on the, packed on the, with the weight there. I like to say lean, uh, but no, uh, exercise, <laughs> exercise, be it on a bike, hiking uh, with uh, the dog and uh, going out uh, with the families, very much uh, uh, taking time uh, uh, for yourself. Uh, I coach soccer, uh, well, when we were playing soccer, coach youth soccer, and mm-hmm. nothing is a better tonic than being on the field with the boys. Uh, and thinking just about uh, what's in the moment and taking time to sort of turn off uh, the the work uh, while you can and enjoy the moment that you're in every business leader i've
0: uh, I've talked to in these last year has uh, has gained a very different perspective on what it's like to lead and and uh, their own you know their own sense of self and all of that um, do you do you think you've got a almost like a a slogan from your year, you year know, something that you
6: yeah we we actually as a, again as an executive team we we came up with a uh, a concept or a phrase very early and, and that was that we'd leave we would lead by our values and we would trust our people what I mean by that is every organization has a culture every organization has values uh, our values are here on the screen behind me uh, and you know when you're faced with uh, an unprecedented situation there is no there is no guidebook. There is no process. So you really find that you have to make decisions based on the values of your organization and you have to trust your people and things move fast and you don't have time to, uh, to debate. You have to make decisions quickly. Uh, uh, as a, a fellow I work with likes to say, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good uh, and make those decisions quickly, but make sure they're rooted in your values. And that you trust your people to carry those decisions out, and, and you'll be fine. Well, Roger, congratulations again!
0: Uh, congratulations on the award! Congratulations on the year and the career!
6: Thank you very much. I have a, a pride of place. Take care. Right. Excellent, thank you. Uh, now we're going
0: to. Uh, we have actually made some contact with uh, Sharzad Rafati of Broadband TV, and I'm going to put Marin on the spot here and ask you to go back to the original thing that we were supposed to do at the start uh, in terms of an introduction. And uh, if you can scroll that up, uh, we'll get the introduction for Sharzad Rafadi of Broadband TV up next.
3: Uh, well, it's my pleasure to present the CEO of the year award in the large company category to Sharzad Rafadi, the founder and CEO of Broadband TV Corp, one of BC's most prominent digital media and technology companies. Sharzad is credited over a decade and a half of leading her company with pioneering a business model that found a sweet spot between big entertainment and fan-uploaded content to sites like YouTube. BBTV is the second largest video property in terms of unique viewers among the world's top 12 countries, trailing only Google. It helps video creators make more money from advertising for its content that runs across the Internet. Its partnerships include the NBA, Sony Pictures, and many other leading brands. In recent months, BBTV has gone into the public markets with a $172 million IPO, the largest IPO on the TSX from a female-led company. BBTV prides itself on a 0% gender wage gap and 40% female representation. Sharzad came to Vancouver from Iran as a teenager. She completed her undergraduate degree in in computer science from UBC, studied French at the Sorbonne, and and leadership and business at Oxford. Please welcome to the broadcast, Sharzad Rafati of Broadband TV Corp.
0: And we have a recorded message from Sharzad today.
7: Thank you for the introduction, Maureen, and thank you to BIV and all the sponsors for making this award possible. You know, we have some great businesses and leaders in Vancouver, and it's really important to celebrate and encourage entrepreneurship in our amazing country. And I'm truly thrilled and honored to have been awarded the BIV BC CEO Award in the large business category. Thank you so much. It's also really important to embrace our journeys as they really do define us. And my childhood journey really shaped who I am and was the main driver behind the creation of BBTV. I grew up in Iran during the revolution where content was rationed and I only had access to a handful of TV channels. But I could actually see the power of content even at the small scale. Today, more than 50 billion minutes of BBTV content is consumed every month across more than 600 million viewers. And in October last year, we listed BBTV on TSX and it was the largest IPO ever listed with a sole founder and female CEO. And it was also the top 10 uh, tech TSX listings of all time. And it's really a huge achievement that we're all incredibly proud of at BBTV. And with our IPO, we broke important new ground and we paved the way for countless people who envision a future with more potential to be leaders. And I hope that many can see themselves in our success and realize that no achievement is out of reach, no matter the corner of the world that you come from. And if I look back at everything that we have achieved at BBTV, I'm most proud of the fact that we build a truly quadruple bottom line business, which means that we measure success, not just based on financial performance, but also social, environmental, and employee goals. At BBTV, equal is equal. And the gender pay gap at BBTV is 0%. And uh, when we're looking at female representation, we have 40% plus female representation at the board, at the manager and across the whole organization. But we still have a long way to go across the globe. And if you look at Canada, for example, women earn 87 cents for every dollar that their male counterpart does. And as a proud Canadian, I believe that my story and our story at BBTV is a testament to how anyone can make their dreams a reality with hard work and determination. We also need to do it right, knowing that diversity, sustainability, and care for our communities can foster a more entrepreneurial, equal, and a healthier planet while also powering our economy. I also want to thank my family for always supporting me and pushing me forward. And of course, I want to thank the amazing team at BBTV for making me feel like the luckiest person in the world every day. And this award is for all of us. Thank you and a big congratulations to all of the winners and finalists.
0: Well, for those of you who, uh, who know a thing or two about journalism and how we work to deadlines, I just want to let you know that we received that video about five minutes ago, so so uh, congratulations to Albert Van Sanford for, for spooling it up and getting it on there. Um, but uh, we're really privileged to have Charzad as one of our recipients this year. She's done an amazing job at broadband TV. It's become one of the real jewels in British Columbian business and uh, for those of you who saw the podcast before Christmas, you'll know that she she's also such a dynamic leader, uh, really inspires a lot. Of, uh, of, of her company in order to, to work very, very hard in pushing through. Now, um, for our final award, it's a special honor and it's bestowed by the judges this year for particular work by a CEO during the pandemic. It goes to Kathy Thorpe, the CEO of Nurse Next Door, and I wanna welcome back to present the award, Maron Wallace of Deloitte.
3: Thank you again, Kirk. The pandemic quickly transformed lives. Businesses closed, we were fearful of the spread of the coronavirus and we lost many lives as it coursed through our communities and as we tried to meet the public health challenges to keep people safe. Throughout this, Nurse Next Door kept providing the essential daily care to those who did not have the ability to easily care for themselves. They were even more isolated than they had been, but the workers of Nurse Next Door also had to ensure that they themselves were safe and that they were providing safe for those they served. This was a tall order that no one, not even our recipient today, could have anticipated. Yet Kathy Thorpe has led Nurse Next Door with comprehensive care in a time of immense challenge. Her organization brought thousands of caregivers to British Columbian homes when there were no easy alternatives. History will show that organizations like hers are the heroes of the pandemic, saving lives and preserving physical and mental well-being for so many. The judges determined that this organization's CEO deserved a special recognition in a year that was like any other. Kathy Thorpe has led this organization since 2014 into one of the world's most recognized firms of caregiving. She has a BA in history and psychology from the University of Alberta, has studied family and business advising at the Sauter School of Business at UBC, and has executive program certificates from Geoversity and Singularity University. Please welcome our special recognition honoree, Kathy Thorpe. Thank you. Um, So
8: I'd love to say thank you to BIV for this award and also the sponsors and also congratulations to all of the award winners today. You know when I was thinking back and preparing for today I was thinking back to to the why and and how Nurse Next Door decided how we were going to lead through this time and this is actually a personal story that I want to share You know, it was last March, we had the pandemic, everything was shutting down. And my husband actually had to go into the hospital for an operation. And so he went into the operation just as the pandemic was hitting all of us. And fast forward a couple weeks later, and he needed to have his staples removed. And I was scared. I didn't want to send him to the doctor's office. I didn't know what I was going to do. And of course, because I get the opportunity to be here at Nurse Next Door, I had a nurse come in and remove those staples in the safety of our home. And I really truly understood what it meant to have peace of mind. It put our whole family at ease. And I knew that at that moment, the impact that I wanted Nurse Next Door to make across all of the communities during this pandemic. So that was our goal. And that's what we set out to achieve. We also learned what it, was meant, what it meant to be an essential service during this time. You know, we saw this as a really huge responsibility. We knew we needed to lean in. We, needed, we knew we needed to find that support and be able to go into the community as an essential service and support all of those in need. I can't tell you how much of a pleasure and a joy that it has been to be able to support the community during this time. Just the impact that we've made and the stories that we get to hear every single day, it truly, it's amazing. I was thinking about leadership during this time and some of the things that I've loved, you know, having gone through the experience over the last year is that we get to remember that we're all in this together. And I love the humanness that has come out of all of this and just the fact that we're all people and that we're all experiencing this every single day together. And we get to show up and we get to show up and be human as people in our experiences. Even today is a great example of that and I just love it. I'd also like to thank all of the caregivers across the organization because we truly couldn't have done what we've done without all of them. I'd also like to thank our franchise partners, the quarters team here, and all of the communities in which we serve. And I'd like to most of all say thank you to my family for helping me find our why during this time. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks, Cathy. That's great. Um, you know, when I look back a year ago, uh, or so, a little less than a year, I guess, when when we really believed that we were right into the pandemic. So many things were different then about our apprehension about the coronavirus. You know, we weren't allowed to touch our face, right? Uh, I was afraid to put my hands down on my desk. Uh, people were getting skittish about, delivering, about our newspaper being delivered, that they were going to catch it that way. So this must have pervaded your organization big time with... With apprehensions about contact, about spread, about any of that, how what were the what were the first kinds of signals you had to say to people to just keep them keep them focused and keep them from really getting overly anxious about what it is they were doing each day?
8: Yeah, um, it was a 24/7 job. That's for sure. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it was stepping into the acceptance that everyone handles these things differently. And and you have to go through those experiences and conversations with every, every person as an individual and and their real feelings. And how do you step into those moments and, and just allow that person to go through the fears that they're going through and to help them through it. And then to be able to build on that and share what others are going through with others so that they could realize that they were afraid, but so were other people. And and pretty soon, people were realizing that if we talked about these things and we all worked together, we could find solutions on really any of the questions that were coming up.
0: Some leaders, of course, would have been very, um, how would I put it, um, not indifferent, but they they would have, you know, tell people, you know, you know, buckle up here and, you know, get yourself together and that kind of thing. You had to deal probably with a range of these emotions that were out there in in the teams that you've got uh pretty dispersed across across this uh, your company um how did you keep yourself properly grounded and measured in all of this
8: well you know having gone through the experience with my husband i, I felt that fear so you know, being able to understand what others were going through, I think, was a great setup for really being able to help lead through this time. I will also say that you know, getting out into nature and continuing to you know run and do all of those things, it just brings you the energy and that power to be able to you know step into it every day.
0: Yeah, important also to get a little bit of escape uh, from from what you're doing. Um, I want to ask, uh, you alluded to this at the beginning of your remarks and just how important this work is. Do you, you know, are you hopeful here now that we have um, developed as a society a, a new appreciation of the caregiver?
8: I would say we're in the conversation. And we need to continue to be in that conversation and we need to continue and evolve our thoughts on being able to stay in our homes, being able to age gracefully, and that the caregiving role is really the foundation of being able to do that. And I think, you know, I I love the fact that the conversation has started. It has moved forward substantially in this last year. And I get very excited for the future of what we are going to be able to do in terms of supporting seniors as they age and just that opportunity to give them choice.
0: Is, has the pandemic already altered? You think some of the direction and course of Nurse Next Door? Will it will it be different things once we are through the you know the the real brunt of the pandemic?
8: I think society sees it differently. You know, I, mm. I think what was the first thing people thought of when when an age someone aging needed support home care is now at the forefront of that discussion. And, and that's where people wanna be. And I and I love the fact that we're trying to solve solve problems and, and solve these things together. I love the fact that, you know, I don't think that Nurse Next Door, we can't do it on our own. And I look at all the partnership opportunities to be able to support people being, being able to stay at home. And those conversations are happening every single day. And I just can't say, how many more people have come forward and organizations have come forward and are excited about working with us, talking with us, and really trying to figure out and solve solve the problems that have come up through this pandemic.
0: Well, as demography indicates, there is going to be a greater and greater and greater need for caregiving in this province. So anyway, I want to congratulate you again, and uh, the judges felt that you're your honours this year, your work this year, uh, deserve this special award of distinction. So congratulations again, Kathy.
8: Thanks, Kirk.
0: I want to thank everyone today for watching. Um, I know you've learned a lot from our leaders. I want to uh, remind you who they are again. Of course, our six recipients, Milton Carrasco, Sharzad Rafati, Darlene Hyde, Anne English, Roger Del Antonio and Kathy Thorpe. A great group, of course, in a most challenging year. And I appreciate their patience, by the way, and how we've had to navigate this time uh, to bring them their awards today which typically are provided in uh, the months of uh, November each year. I want to thank again our sponsors for their support today and throughout the year as we seek and award our recipients Faskin and Deloitte nominations for this coming year's awards are open right away. Thanks again today to our technical director Albert van Sanford, uh, to the team at BIV for its collaboration on this event and we hope to see you next time in person. we're going to uh, catch up on the party i think i'm kurt lapointe at bib thanks a lot for being with us today stay safe and welcome